0: This is episode 418 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, I'm an older prepper, how do I get prepared? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on The PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information, come on over to The PrepperWebsitePodcast.com or click the link in the show notes. Hey, before we get started, I want to talk just a little bit, had a couple of thoughts on this whole Kavanaugh thing and, and uh all, all of that that's going on. So a couple of weeks, well, a couple of I was gonna say a couple of days ago, it's probably a week ago, Lindsey Graham like, really let it fly when he was in you know in the meeting, right? And so everybody, I started seeing everybody talk about, oh, Lindsey Graham's on fire, Lindsey Graham's upset. And initially, when I first saw it, because I did go watch the videos and stuff about that, when I first saw that, I thought, ah, oh, he's just posturing. This is just, you know, he's trying to earn some brownie points out there. And uh, and that's that. But I started to, I'm starting to think maybe maybe that's not really all that there is to it. I, there's more to it. And so we know that, uh, for instance, the Pentagon yesterday was sent uh, two letters with Ryson in it. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz's office, because uh, I'm here in Houston. He was sent uh, two letters as well. They opened it up to see white powder, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything toxic. But it was sent to his, um, you know, to his offices here in Houston. He was also run out of a restaurant in Washington D.C. And so the restaurant, I think, now has security and stuff like that. And then also, for instance, uh, Senator McConnell, who uh, you know, you know that. I record the podcast the day before, the night before I release it. So he was on the Senate floor, or he was on, yeah, he was on the Senate floor talking about how he and the other Republicans weren't going to be intimidated because he's been targeted as well. And some of the other senior Republican leaders have been targeted to the point where they have security, you know, uh, walking with them because it, they just don't feel free to walk like. That they have in the past, and so I'm wondering if all of this kind of stuff. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you if you saw that. I saw it on Twitter a couple of days ago. Actually, I think it was uh, probably from this weekend. Um, Lindsey Graham, so he's on there, and and the reason that it caught my attention is because they said that he cussed on on television, and I'm like, oh, come on. And so all this stuff, you know, he, this is coming over from the week before last week, right? And so I played it. And sure enough, he's on CNN and he's talking about if I want to walk or work with uh, President Trump and you don't like it, then I don't give up, you know. And he said it on on national television. So on CNN to where the, the reporter said, whoa, and there you have it. right? And so I think that all of this, you know, this intimidation is probably going to backfire on, uh, on the Democrats or on the, you know, these protesters that are doing this kind of stuff because it does seem to be, or seem to look like, these Republicans, you know, uh, uh, politicians are getting a little upset, and uh, they're they're willing to fight, and and uh, that's something rare. I mean, you don't normally see that, right? And so, uh, with all of that, and then I I wound up reading during lunchtime today uh, an article by Armstrong, uh, Martin Armstrong over at Armstrong Economics, and someone was asking a question. It says. From the outside, it looks like infighting. What it looks like is the seat of the empire is filled with corrupt bureaucrats fighting for dominance. By the time one faction wins, the empire's foundation is so undermined, it only takes a breeze to bring the entire house of cards crashing down. Isn't this what truly happened in the days of Rome? Was it the barbarians or was it the internal struggles between the established factions within Rome that undermined it to the point where the whole thing became vulnerable to an outside force? Well, then Martin Armstrong, he replies, "Um, yes, lots of emails have been pouring in from overseas since this entire appointment of a judge has captured the attention of the entire world. A friend from Canada could not believe how it dominated even their TV. All right, so I'm gonna sc- scroll down here a little bit um, as far as he goes. This and then, of course, he has the computer, and I've talked a little bit about that—the computer program where they've dumped a lot of information, and they just look at patterns and cycles and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, the pie, the number of pi, factors into it, and there's just so much of it I don't fully understand it. But uh, reading on, it says this is the array on the Democrats. We are plagued by directional change and panic cycles showing up in 2019 and 2021. This is all coming to a major head by 2020. I sincerely fear that Trump will be the very last democratically elected president. They will from here on out alter the actual voting counts to support their desired outcome. This is game over. Turn off the lights. As they said of Rome, they will still be laughing when the lights were out. Or they they were still laughing when the lights were out, so man, you know that uh, that doesn't seem to be. And I've talked a, a lot about Martin Armstrong before in the past. It uh, doesn't seem to be very positive there, right? It's uh, it's kind of worrisome. And but again, that's why we prep, and that's why we keep our eyes on. I'm not a big political junkie. I really don't, you know, spend a lot of time doing that. There's a lot of people that that do, but I understand that I need to be. Uh, I need to have my eyes on what is going on because what happens in politics what happens in Washington is going to affect other things down the road so could this be all this this stuff that's going on here this division that, that we're seeing between, you know, and the Democrats and the Republicans really posturing and uh, intimidating, you know, Democrat protesters or liberal, whatever, whatever you want to call them, um, intimidate, trying to intimidate, you know, Republican senators and politicians and stuff. Is this the point where it's finally like, you know what? Okay. And so the stage is being set where there's so much hatred and animosity that we can't ever go back. And so that's kind of what he was saying here. Uh, We've crossed the Rubicon. Um, Actually, I didn't read that part here. Uh, Let me go back up there. Um, This has turned into a circus and it reflects how anything goes today. It is really sad because it exposes how deep the hatred goes. You are correct. We have crossed the Rubicon. There is no putting this back together. The November election will never be accepted by either side. So um, you know, there you go. And so I, I just wanted to bring that out because as i was kind of reflecting on that a little bit today i'm like i can see where sides are going to be so they're they're so divided that there's no gonna you know there's no hey let's work with each other across the aisle or blah 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 to get things done it is going to be it's going to be bad and so you can see how things are so crazy that something small can set something off right so anyway, I just wanted to point that out. I'm going to link to this article uh, in uh, in the show notes, so you can go check out Martin Armstrong's article if you're interested in it. Uh, it's called, American Politics Has Crossed a Rubicon, There's No Coming or No Going Back. All right, so uh, you can go check that one out. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. This is actually the one that I spoke about last week, the one that I wrote, and uh, it's entitled, I'm an Older Prepper, How Do I Get Prepared? And so if you're not an older prepper, this is still very valuable for you because in it, I give older preppers a means to form a, a prepper community, how to do it. And so I think it is one that can be used. If, so if like you're in your area and you're like, I don't even know where to go, where to start, I lay out a plan that I think is a good one. I think that if you start to work it and you start to to utilize this idea that you could start to come into contact with other people who were like-minded and you could do it kind of stealthy, you know, and, and people wouldn't realize what you were doing. But at the same time, you would be drawing from people who were thinking the same way that you were thinking and uh, saw things the way that you saw, or at least were interested in them. So it's going to cover older peppers and some of the issues that older peppers have. Um, if you have an older parent or a grandparent, and you believe in preparedness, then you might feel like when if anything ever goes down, that you're going to be able to you're going to have to care for them. And so that might be you know you, it might be a, a reason why you want to definitely pay attention to the first part. But I think the the last part, uh, the second part of this article although um, it is going to be in the context of older preppers. Anybody, regardless of your age, can use it and utilize what I'm talking about. So let's go ahead and start. Um, Again, it comes from prepperwebsite.com. I'm an older prepper. How do I get prepared? So let's go ahead and start reading. When people think about preppers, they usually have in mind a young, athletic, energetic person. The typical prepper is someone who can swing an ax carry a bug-out bag for days in full tactical gear and who can leap tall buildings in a single bound there are some preppers who might fit that description but there are many who do not in fact there are many who would more than likely fit the description of a grandfather or grandmother type there are many senior citizen preppers out there who know the importance of prepping and want to do what they can to be ready for shtf but For these seasoned citizens, there are some considerations that other preppers don't usually face. These older preppers might be dealing with being alone, disabled, on a fixed income, or just physically in a place where they can't do everything that younger preppers think need to be done. An older prepper wants to survive, and they should, because they have a lot to offer the preparedness community. In my capacity as the editor of Prepper website, I have heard from many older Preppers over the years. They have either come to the realization later in life that our world is fragile and there is a good reason to prepare, or they have lived a life of preparedness but something is keeping them back from prepping the way they used to when they were younger. In a recent Prepper website survey, 45.4% of respondents said they were 60 years old or older. Out of that number, 25.9% were 65 or older. When you consider many of the articles, videos, and podcasts out there, and I see a lot of them, I don't believe the preparedness community is considering the age of many of those who prep or who have a desire to prep. But, But again, we come to the fact that many older preppers are dealing with some challenges. Let's explore some of those in this article and then some possible solutions to help older preppers become part of a MAG or survival community. As we age, it's harder to imagine ourselves not able to do the same physical activity that we used to do when we were younger. If our minds are intact, we tend to think that we are more physically fit than we truly are. Although I'm not a seasoned citizen, I have already experienced this with my eyes. A few years back, I was conducting a meeting on campus. I printed out a document that I would need to fill out as we talked with parents. As we waited for everyone to arrive, I made the comment that the printer was printing out blurry. One of the teachers jokingly handed me her readers. Being the jokester that I am, I folded over one of the sides and held them up to my face. To my amazement, the writing became clear. It wasn't the thing I wanted to admit, but my eyesight needed a little help. Since then, I have used low-powered readers, but I have noticed that I grab for them more and more as time marches on. One of the things that older preppers need to do is to admit that they can't physically do everything they used to. This is important because it starts to take some normal prepper activities off the table, like building a bug-out bag. If an older prepper can't physically carry a pack on their back and walk if the bug-out required it, then that shouldn't be part of their plan. Should they have a plan for bugging out if they needed to? Yes, but it shouldn't include a heavy bug-out bag. It's important that older preppers stay realistic about their physical ability. As they do, they can truly start problem-solving their preparedness as they start putting into plans realistic goals and objectives they can reach. Another challenge that faces seasoned preppers is that many times they feel alone and isolated from others. And although the idea of the lone wolf survivalist has really been put to rest, many older preppers feel they are just that, coupled with the lack of strength and physical ability of a younger survivalist. This feeling of isolation happens to older prepper in general because of a few reasons. One reason is that families don't live near each other any longer. Kids get married and move across the country. Parents are lucky to see their kids and their grandkids if the family gets together for holidays. Or, kids are selfish and start living their lives without any thought to their parents who raised and cared for them all those years. It used to be that parents took care of their kids, then kids took care of their aging parents. This isn't true for all, but I have seen this scenario play out in people I know. Another reason older preppers feel isolated is that they might feel like no one cares or like they have nothing to offer. They slowly drift away from their friends and community that they knew so well into a type of hermit lifestyle. Again, this happens slowly over time. By the time they know it, they feel alone with no contacts out in the world. It becomes easier to sit on their comfy chair and watch TV all day, rinsing and repeat. Besides dealing with the fact that their physical ability might not be what it used to be, an older prepper might be dealing with a disability or a medical condition. Some seasoned preppers are dealing with a disability or medical condition that makes prepping twice as hard. It can be something that causes them to not be able to walk for long periods to needing a machine to breathe. This causes the preps that are necessary to go to a whole new level. The season prepper might not just be concerned about food storage and having enough water, but they might need to prep for expensive medications, machines that require power and ways to stay cool. This level of preparedness can be very stressful and can cause an older prepper to lose hope and feel that preparedness is too far a goal to grasp. A true fact is that prepping costs money. Yes, there is a lot of stuff you can do for free, and there are budget items that you can buy to add to your preps. But ultimately, there are going to be things you need that require money. And when things are already tight and you are on a fixed income, that is a serious problem. Here's a quote. The median income for seniors, 65 to 74 years of age, is $36,320. If you're over 74, that drops to $25,417, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. And 12% 12% of those 65 and older are living at the poverty level. And to add insult to injury, older peppers know how fragile our economy is. As they see prices go up and the power of their dollar go down, they live with the realization that there isn't going to be a raise or that they will ever be able to have more money than they need. They wind up looking for ways to save a buck here and there and cut back on expenses, sometimes things that they need. The advantage that a seasoned prepper has over a younger prepper is wisdom and experience in life. Older preppers have years of life experience under their belt. They have seen things. Older generations were educated differently than kids are today. They are the sons and daughters of those that went through the Great Depression and were more than likely raised with less than kids nowadays. A seasoned prepper's mind is one of their most powerful resources. But even with this, there are things that seasoned preppers can do to help them along in their preparedness. The rest of this article will deal with some solutions. Older preppers need to build community. This is the bane of prepper existence. Every prepper, not just the older prepper, wants to belong to a survival group or a MAG, a mutual assistance group. The problem is that there isn't a yellow pages of prepper groups that you can call up and join. And if there was, it wouldn't work anyway. Groups need to be formed along shared values and concerns. If they are not, the first major decision will divide the group, and all the time and effort getting prepared will go out the window. Instead, older preppers need to be purposeful and build their community from the ground up. Yes, you heard me say that correctly. Older preppers can grow their community, group, mag, or whatever you want to call it from the ground up. It's not hard, but it will take time, effort, and determination. The alternative is to go it alone, and we've already determined that is not an option. So how to build a prepper community. One of the best ways to bring like-minded people together is by teaching a class. You read that correctly. An older prepper, or any prepper for that matter, can bring people together by offering preparedness-related classes. Let me explain this further. For this example, I'll use a church, but this could easily be done at a community center or any other place that will open itself up for the public to hold meetings. An older prepper should approach the pastor or whoever is in charge of outreach and let them know that they would like to teach classes on how to save money and be more self-sufficient. These classes will be open to the public, which will allow non-church people to become familiar with the building and possibly want to attend. Of course, church materials will be available close by. Once the seasoned prepper has received approval, the community needs to be informed. This could be done through the church newsletter, community newspaper, signs put on street corners or hung in the windows of the neighborhood store, going door to door, or whatever. A little bit of research on how community programs in your area get out there will point you in the right direction on how to proceed. Topics or classes can be anything from saving money, cooking, gardening, canning to sewing. The point is that the classes are valuable to the community and people know about them. Topics can be repeated, and if there are topics that an older prepper would like to teach on, but they don't have any direct experience with it, they would then research it and develop a class around it. So an older prepper should sell preparedness and build relationships too. As classes are being taught, the older prepper should make it a priority to do two things. First, somehow the older prepper needs to incorporate terms and ideas of SHTF or quote unquote, hard times in their lessons. For example, the older prepper might say something like, this is a great skill to have. My parents told me about this story when they were going through the Great Depression and how they learned to get by with dot dot dot, quote. Or something like this could be said, quote, knowing some basic first aid skills can come in handy with healthcare costs going up you want to know if something is small enough to take care of it at home or if you need to go to the emergency room. The purpose is to get the people that are attending your class to think about how fragile our world is. The second thing that an older prepper needs to be doing while they teach their class is to build relationships and make friends with those that are coming. They want to build their circle of friends and at the same time evaluate the ones that could become a future member of a MAG or a survival group. Again, this isn't hard to do, it just takes time, effort, and determination, but it is an excellent way for an older prepper to build community and friendships with those who are like-minded, and in time, they will be seen as someone who has a lot of knowledge to share and offer to a MAG if things ever went south. Who wouldn't want the person who taught the self-reliant class at church to be part of their group? So some excuses that might arise from this idea might be, I'm disabled and I can't move very easily. Yes, I said this was going to take time, effort, and determination. Unless an older prepper is bedridden or has a health problem that doesn't allow them out of the house, they can get out there. Even an older prepper in a wheelchair can teach a class. There is a way to do this. Another excuse is, I don't have any money to teach a class. You don't need money to teach. However, if an older prepper does need props or examples, they could borrow items from others. They just need to ask around. Eventually, when they become known and have a few classes under their belt, they might see who might be interested in paying 5 or $10 for a class so they could purchase materials. Another excuse could be, I really don't have a place to meet. Though many communities have places for the public to meet, but if an older prepper has done the research and there is nothing in their local community, then they could hold classes in their living room. Yes, there is a lot to say for OPSEC and safety and security, but remember, the purpose here is to find a group that can help each other if the SHTF. If the older prepper is concerned, they could have someone they trust there to help them feel more comfortable. And another excuse, I wouldn't know what to teach. Any topic on helping others become more self-sufficient will be helpful, and the internet offers a ton of free information that can be gathered and disseminated easily. Topics could include gardening, sewing, saving money, budgeting, canning, food storage, water storage, how to make a fire, how to create a bug out bag, a get home bag, how to develop an emergency preparedness plan, how to put together an emergency binder, and how to make your home as safe as possible. So older peppers need to know what they have to offer a mag or survival group. Many times we sell ourselves short. We don't realize that we have a lot of knowledge and skills to offer others in a mag or survival group. This goes for older peppers as well. In fact, an older prepper who is a little depressed and doesn't have any hope might have an even more difficult time realizing they have something to offer. If you stay depressed long enough, it really is hard to see past it. Older preppers should take the time to write down all the skills and experiences they have. They should take their time doing this and leave no stone unturned. For example, an older prepper might not think that cooking is a skill. They might just think it is something that is done because people have to eat. But many people don't know how to cook from scratch anymore. Many people buy processed items from the store or boxed quick fix items that only requires water, a pot, and a stove. Cooking from scratch is a very helpful skill that would be beneficial to a group. After the older pepper has made their initial quick list, they should then think back to the seasons of their life and think about all the jobs they have held. Skills that they might have only used in past jobs but they haven't thought about in a while could then be added to their list. Don't disregard any skill, no matter how small you think it is. Finally older preppers could ask friends and relatives the simple question what do you think I'm good at? Family and friends might think it is a weird question but the older prepper could just say that they were reflecting on an article they read. The information that is shared can also be added to the list. The point is that we don't always realize all the things that we can do. Sometimes it just takes someone else to tell us. When this process is through, the older prepper will have a list of skills and knowledge that will help encourage them and help them realize that they do have much to offer to a mag or a survival group other than being another mouth to feed. So older preppers need to not give up. Finally, one of the things that older preppers need to do is not give up. I know this is easier said than done, but when I hear from older preppers, I can almost sense in the tone of their writing that they have no hope and they totally expect to die within days of SHTF. That doesn't have to be. The human spirit is strong and the desire to survive is great. However, as I mentioned above, one of the things that can happen in the life of an older prepper is that they get depressed and lose hope. Years of living like that can take its toll. If you are an older or seasoned prepper and you are reading this, you need to know that you have a lot to offer and there is still a lot of life in you. Don't give up. You have spent years surviving the rat race and have skills and knowledge that you don't even realize you have. Get up and get moving. Don't allow your current state to dictate the rest of your life. You've made it happen before. Now make it happen again. You have time and experience in your corner right now. People are counting on you. You might not know them yet, but they are. So here's some final recommendations to young preppers. If you've been reading this and you don't consider yourself an older prepper, here are a few recommendations that you should consider. If you have parents who are older, you must include them in your preps and find a way to help them in an SHTF situation. Think about your spouse and how your kids will feel and respond knowing that the world is falling apart and grandma and grandpa aren't with them. If you are putting together a group to face SHTF, consider adding older preppers. Give them jobs. Make them responsible for communications or manning the ham radio. Planning and organizing. Putting together information and inventory and gardening or whatever else their physical ability can handle. Take time to value and just listen to older people. Take them to lunch. Get them out of the house. Show them that you care. So no one really knows what SHTF will look like. We can read the books, watch the movies, know history, and read experiences from others who went through it in other parts of the world. But when it happens here, we don't know exactly what it will look like. We do know that this world has gone through many SHTF times. Nations have been destroyed and whole people groups have been scattered. Yet, the human race survived and eventually thrived. Ultimately, we are going to need everyone to help and contribute to the survival and well being of our loved ones, of our group. In that time, everyone has value, even older preppers. All right, everyone, well, that is it for this article. Hopefully, you were able to glean some good information from here. And I really do believe that teaching a class is one of the ways that you can do it. I mean, there's just so many, you know, so many opportunities out there. And so if you have, um, you know, you have a, a city, uh, any amount, a size city, you know, decent sized city, you can put, you know, in the church newsletter, in the, the community newspaper, whatever, just get it out there. If there is a, a Facebook group for the community or the city, put it out there. Hey, I'm teaching a class on this, and if you give reasons and rationales why you're doing it, and not necessarily because, hey, you believe the zombie apocalypse is coming, but you give good reasons why. Some of the reasons like I gave earlier in the, in the article then people will look at that and say, hey, yeah, right. Especially if you use things that are um, fresh on everybody's mind, right? So if you talk about, hey, I can show you how to uh, filter water and you know the people down in Houston during the hurricane or, or people in North Carolina during the hurricane uh, would really have benefited from this, right? Or uh, I can really show you how to create a uh, Uh, survival binder or an emergency binder so if you have to leave your home in a rush like they did during a hurricane or whatever right Uh, you can grab your most vital information and you can take it with you just imagine what it would be like if you had to go to government offices or sit on the phone to uh, get all your you know your marriage license and your birth certificate and all these other things how valuable would your emergency binder be to you to allow you to get on to the other things of life the important things in life as opposed to going and tracking all this stuff down so you know giving reasons why people would want to do it i think would be very helpful but there's just so many things out there and you know what prepper website is a great resource because there's i've already kind of broken it down for you so if you go to prepper website you go to the right hand top right hand column uh, corner you do, You click on quick links and you go to prepping topics you'll see the tag cloud and so if you want to research whatever emergency binders water filters whatever you can click into that and you'll find a ton of articles that you can do research from and uh, you know, create a, a nice little presentation an hour-long presentation 45 minute presentation you know with some time to get to know people and stuff like that i think that would be very valuable so i hope people will take me up on that offer if you if you don't Or if you do, you know, let me know. I'd love to know what uh, the results were and uh, maybe even continue uh, knocking this out, this idea out and in coming to uh, maybe helping other people. You know, I kind of foresaw at one point when I was writing this, creating lessons for people to share. And uh, that would be very easy to do. Like, you know, you create an outline, you create a lesson, you throw it out there and maybe not you know script it completely out, but hey, okay, here you're going to talk about this, and you can go to this website and get this information from this article, and uh, just kind of you know do it like that. If there's anybody who would be interested in doing some of those lessons, I'll attach it to this uh, this article, and uh, definitely you know just kind of lay it out there for people to be able to, or maybe we create our you know, a completely different article and uh, link to something like that. I think that would be very beneficial where people can start teaching preparedness out there. And we don't have to call it preparedness classes or whatever. We can call it, you know, being ready, hurricane preparedness or, you know, blizzard preparedness or, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, being ready for, you know, Whatever, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not coming up with any good names here off the fly, but you, you hopefully, you understand what I'm saying. I think this is uh, very valuable. And the last thing here before I close out, um, if there are older people in your life, make sure you're valuing them. Make sure you take some time to, you know, spend time with them and, uh, you know, that you just value them because it's very easy. Again, the whole, feeling alone and depressed and all that kind of stuff i think that's very real for a lot of older people out there not just older preppers but older people well everyone that is it for episode 418 hey don't forget to subscribe to the show head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com that way you never miss another episode of sweet prepper goodness hey and if you feel you're getting value from this podcast i would greatly appreciate a review on any of the podcast networks hey and take a moment if you haven't, to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes through social media. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.